Hey guys, this is Courtney with the Empowered PAs podcast. Uh, I wanted to, I have so much to talk about, but the first thing I wanted to say was if you are still listening, thank you. I'm very inconsistent with this podcast and that is because I'm a busy PA and I'm no longer apologizing for that. I beat myself up about that a lot. Um, and so if you are still listening, thank you so much. Uh, if you are new to this podcast, thanks for joining. Um, my name is Courtney. I'm a PA. I practice in pediatric emergency medicine. Uh, I used to be a paramedic a long, long time ago. I did work in a general emergency department right after PA school and then moved into pediatric emergency medicine about five, six years ago. Um, I also work in a non-clinical role in patient safety and quality where I take care of our, or I help our teams navigate uh, through the clinical pathways process. And that has been very rewarding. Um, And I started Empowered PAs, which is a blog just kind of chatting about uh, a lot of the non-clinical roles that PAs can take and also some of the leadership aspects and how I feel pretty strongly that PAs uh, absolutely are amazing advocates for our patients, but also um, ourselves to move forward in our profession. So that's me in a nutshell. Um, Today, what I wanted to do was just update you on life uh, and specifically talk about self-care and healthcare. And so if you're interested in those topics, stay with me. Um, I tend to ramble and I probably will do that this morning. I found myself with an extra hour of of time. And so I'm glad, um, I'm glad you'll be able to join me if you want to stay. So, and this is a one take deal. I am not going to edit this. So, uh, this is not a polished podcast. (laughs) This is just me, me chatting and talking to you guys. Um, so let me, let me give you a couple updates. It is May of 2021. It has been a year plus (laughs) of pandemic that has been absolutely a struggle. Uh, my dad back in April. So, you know, March, the pandemic hit, all of our lives got turned upside down, everything shut down. Uh, I still was working in the ER and taking care of patients and everything was changing moment by moment. Um, and that was a challenge. And then on top of that, my dad, um, uh, was sick with COVID and ended up, uh, being hospitalized, then admitted, excuse me, then intubated. Uh, he was intubated for a long time for 16 days, which is a very long time at event. Um, and, but then he survived and it was amazing and a miracle, but the aftermath of some of that has been absolutely a struggle, uh, as I have processed it. And so on top of that, uh, you know, there's been, I've had a couple personal challenges and, you know, healthcare challenges. And then on top of that, uh, you know, we're now a year out and some of the social issues with, you know, masks and politics and all of the things that have happened, I don't need to tell you, have been a struggle. So the entire world has gone through a huge challenge. Um, And I think I can tell you personally, and after talking to many PAs, many of us are burned out. And I have found myself back in the saddle of being burned out. And so I've been working through that. It's been not easy and I'm definitely not through it. Um, but I'm in the middle of it and I thought this is the place to share because there's nothing. Uh, hopefully I can listen back to this in a year and say, you know, I, I made it through that. But when you're in it and you feel alone in it, it's very challenging. And so I wanted to talk about, like I said, some updates, but also, um, some of the things I started doing that have helped some of the things that have not helped (laughs) and uh just kind of working through that because 
as a PA, as a healthcare professional, as a mom, as a wife, um, as a daughter, and as a family member, I know that I'm not alone. I am not the only person on this planet who is struggling. And I like to share that because I am honest to a fault and very transparent, probably too much of an oversharer. But why not, right? When you're sharing on a podcast, this is for the listener and not um, I have to take my ego out of it and remember that it's important to serve others and help maybe if I even help one person feel less alone, then, then I've been successful. So about February, I started noticing that I was back in the burnout cycle and what that means for me. And it looks different for everyone. And that's what's so challenging about burnout is that some people manifest those symptoms differently. And I'm not speaking from a evidence-based practice. I am just talking about my experiences. But, you know, after having read a few articles on burnout and kind of getting a sense that like, you know, there's some commonalities. Um, one of the first things I noticed is that uh, I was dreading going to work. And I mean, clinically, um, I actually really enjoy my non-clinical work, but the clinical aspect I was really dreading and I was trying to identify, I was trying to be thoughtful about like, why am I dreading going to work? Is it because I've worked night shift and day shift and night shift? Is it because I'm working too many days in a row? And that's kind of what I thought at first. And then it, it became apparent to me that that's not the case. Um, uh, I was taking longer to recover after a shift. So I found I've been doing this for 10 years and ERs shifts are very challenging in the sense that like you're on for 10 hours 10 to 12 hours you are go 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 your mind is constantly occupied there are always things to be done you're con- trying to balance time and even if it's not a lot of sick patients even if it's a you know a lot of cough cold runny nose you're still your the cognitive load is heavy it's it's there's a lot of work that's happening in your mind um even if you're not you know, physically taxed, uh, there's a lot of work that's going on. And so that's normal for me, um, after a shift need like a half a day of recovery, right? I usually need the next morning to just kind of chill, you know, drink my coffee on the porch and just have some like quiet time. And then I'm good to go and I can, you know, enjoy the rest of my day. And then usually the couple days af- afterwards, I'm good. But what was happening was that it was taking me longer to feel like I had recovered from a busy or crazy shift. And part of that was because our, our volumes nationally, you know, ER volumes are going back up as people get vaccinated and they feel more comfortable going back to the ER, which in one way is great because now people are more comfortable going to the ER. And so, um, you know, one of the challenges after the pandemic was the lack of volumes in the ER meant that they, they fired or they furloughed a lot of providers. And so that that's good. It's a good thing. I'm not going to complain about that. But also it meant that we life is very different working in an ER post pandemic or during a pandemic, right? Uh, A year ago when we were very busy, we were not wearing the amount of PPE that we have to wear now, which I'm not, which is actually probably the thing we should have been doing from the beginning. But it means that like, it takes extra time to go gown up and see a patient, whereas I used to be able to just pop in there. And it's, it's the right way to go. But it it has definitely just changed all of the logistics of working in an ER. Um, So, you know, I, I was just noticing that I was just feeling like challenge like it felt like at my after my shift I felt like I was struggling a little bit and so that was one of the first symptoms the second was just that I felt very like I had too much on my plate I felt very stretched like I was 
I was actually, I missed a meeting because I didn't remember I had that meeting because I had so many other things going on that I was really disorganized. And for me, that's really odd. I'm usually very structured and organized. I have everything written down and I just, everything felt very unbalanced. Like I I wasn't able to keep up with what was going on in my life. My kids stuff, you know, their demands like yearbooks and, uh, you know, any events they had, if they had them, which they didn't have many because of the pandemic, but any of the things like, you know, crazy hat day, I was, it was just taxing. And it was like, this should not be taxing. Like this should not be such a big deal, but it feels like that because I have so many other things on my to-do list that I just felt like I could not manage. And that was like my other, like, Hey, pay attention to this because that feeling of overwhelm was getting worse, not better. And so it was weird because in this, in the sense of like the pandemic, I've, I've personally felt very overwhelmed with just the concept of being in the pandemic. And then it, you can, it kind of normalized a little bit. And then it suddenly it was 2021. I should not feel this way anymore. And I felt that way. And so that was my second, like, Ooh, that maybe something's going on. Um, and then, like I said, when I started, I missed a meeting or two, like just because I purely forgot that was like, okay, this, these are symptoms of, uh, this is different. And this is, this is getting to the point where it's becoming a little bit unmanageable. Um, and, oh, and I was very forgetful. And that for me is, is a sign that I've got too much going on because I'm, uh, not normally quite so forgetful. Uh, I usually have, have my stuff together. So those were the symptoms. And so I finally decided in about February, about mid February, that enough was enough and I have to do something about it. So one of the first things that I did, um, and actually, and I'll tell you, and this is like, because I am trying to normalize, you know, the mental health space is becoming much more, people are becoming much more honest with, um, you know, the importance of mental health. And so I, after my dad was sick, I really struggled. And so I sought a therapist and so a uh, life coach, therapist, whatever you want to call them, uh, I have somebody that I, I, I'm able to speak to on a regular basis. And that has been incredibly helpful because I was just bouncing these things off of this, my, my, um, therapist. And I was like, what's, you know, what do you think about this? And after kind of processing it with them, it was really clear to me that, uh, and, and they said to me, you have a toxic yes. And I was like, I don't think that's true. And so then I started really thinking about it and I do have a toxic yes. And what was happening was that I was trying to serve everyone and not serving myself. And I bring that up because we have these like mental conversations. At least I have this like, I don't, I don't have a toxic yes. I'm just doing what I have to do. I'm just, I'm helping, I'm helping my kids or I'm doing the things I need to do for my kids or I'm. Um, helping pre-PAs because that's what I wanted to do. I really do. One of my goals was to help pre-PAs through this pandemic and try to get them virtual shadowing experiences. And so I had started doing that monthly and I was serving them. And then a lot of like a thousand emails in my inbox, I was serving everybody's email and request and their needs. And I was just not addressing my own needs. And so when I really looked back, I was like, I do, I do have a toxic yes. I have to deal with that because that's, what's creating a lot of this chaos and this disorganization because I'm truly overwhelmed because I literally had, I had tackled on so many projects uh, because they were interesting to me or because somebody had asked me and it made sense because they had already started working on that project or just because I wanted to and um, or because I wanted to help. A lot of times it was in, in the sense that I wanted to help pre-PAs or PAs that were looking for non-clinical roles, etc. 
So getting rid of that toxic yes was like step one. So the first thing I had to do was like acknowledge that I had a toxic yes. Uh, and then second, I had to start saying no. And and what that looked like for me was that uh, like somebody would want to collaborate on um, with Empowered PAs and write for the blog. And I've just had to say no. And it's just not been a personal thing. It's just that I don't have the time to dedicate to put that post together to get it on the site. And that's just reality. And it's not because I'm not interested in that. I think it, it would be wonderful for readers to read about somebody's product or, you know, um, how a PA, you know, went into industry or moved into an executive space. I think that these are really important conversations that I think that other PAs should be aware of. But I just couldn't. Like, I had to finally start saying no. And so saying no made a big difference. It took weeks before it was effective though. It literally took me starting to say no in like February and then getting through the end of March was finally when I started feeling like that decompression because I had stopped committing to meetings and to conversations and you know um, all of those things and that was a that was a shift for me. So uh, starting to say no is like my first tip of like, if you're finding yourself overwhelmed and stressed and burned out, um, saying no to the things that you need to say no to is really helpful. Um, I had just felt like I was on a hamster wheel and uh, getting off that hamster wheel was really important. <laughs> so that helped. Uh, what that did is so like the kind of like my next, it, what it did was created some like space. And so they go hand in hand, but it's kind of separate that you got it. You have to create some mental space to process what is going on. And so I felt overwhelmed. Um, so it, I had to, one of the things that we know in, medicine in general. And this is just, you know, this is, I think this is common sense, but when you learn about burns, when I was a paramedic, even, um, when you learn about burns, the first thing you have to do is stop the burning, right? You have to stop the fire, the flame, the chemical reaction, whatever it is, if it's a chemical burning versus a, you know, a, um, a fire, whatever it is, you have to remove the flame or remove the chemical irritant. So, uh, that's kind of the process, right? You have to stop taking on this extra work to give yourself the space. So, so stop the burn. So he stopped the burn, which that's helped. Um, and then second is kind of, kind of like assess, like give yourself the space to assess what's going on. What is, what is taxing all of your time? And so the second thing I did was like give myself a, a mental space to just process. And so I started the way I did that. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, the way I did that was I, I got like a little stitch journal, like a little notebook that I carried around with me just to jot down my thoughts because I had, <laughs> I want to say racing thoughts, which makes me think that, you know, there maybe is probably an underlying diagnosis there. Um, but I did, I had racing thoughts about like all of these things I had to get done and it was so stressful. Uh, so starting to write down just the, like a brain dump of all my to-dos. Okay, great. And then like the next page would be, a quote from a song that resonated with me. And then below that would be just a, like a stream of consciousness kind of journaling about, you know, where I was at at that moment and kind of what I thought I should be doing or just, or listening, if I had listened to a podcast or if I read a book or there was some concept or idea I just wanted to jot down. It's just a thought journal, just keeping a thought journal, not doing anything with it, not feeling obligated to share it with anybody. God knows I'm not doing that, but um, just keeping my thoughts down and getting those thoughts down in an unorganized way really helped because it helped me kind of 
just release some of that stress and anxiety and I could always go back to it I didn't feel like I had to like be on uh you know alert just remembering hey I can't forget to do x y and z it was written down somewhere and kind of offloading one of my favorite I haven't read the book yet but one of the um there's a book called getting things done and the author is Dave something or other but I'll put it in the show notes but um that concept of of offload your brain is not supposed to store that stuff if you have tasks and stuff to do you have to offload it somewhere but then you have to offload it in a place that you can access easily and so carrying around this journal and offloading that information has been really really helpful so that's like my second even if you if you're not a journaler that's fine if you're I love quotes and I love lyrics I'm I'm very musically like I'm not talented by any means but I oriented like I I absorb music and I love a good lyric um or a good quote so uh, that was if that's all you do is put down your tasks and um your ideas in one place then you'll you may find that that helps um because it helped me the other part of that so these all kind of like tie in right stop saying yes to everything so getting rid of my toxic yes um excuse me writing everything down and then getting curious about my thoughts so like if I would write something down or even if I started noticing a behavior that like oh man I was really short with my son this afternoon why was I short with my son and even if I was writing that down or just processing like what was going on with um my behavior like why I behave that way oh it was because I just got off the phone and was really stressed out about a conversation I just had with a work colleague um you know just kind of like being more self-aware uh and getting curious about my behaviors my own behaviors really started lifting that veil of oh this is what's going on oh this is why I said this and paying attention to how I felt physically like when I got bad news <laughs> and this is I don't, this is probably just me but I can tell you that after my dad was sick and literally after like getting the worst news ever over and over and over and over again um I am found that I am very easily I don't want to say triggered but maybe that's the right word that suddenly it my body reacts like I get that feeling in my chest in my the lump in my throat when somebody's giving me really bad news or like hey you know gas prices just doubled or something like that that was just like oh my gosh there's a sudden like I feel like the sky is falling which is not the truth but like my body physically reacted and so paying attention to those kinds of reactions of like okay take it down a notch (laughs) you know figure out why your body's reacting this way it's because you know you're you're reacting to stress and kind of working through that um and being honest about how you feel why you feel that way that has been a big game changer for me so that self-awareness element is like crucial to that pivotal like mind shift of like oh i i'm i i physically feel this way which makes me think this way which makes me act this way and that kind of thoughts feelings thoughts behaviors triangle kind of happens and once you kind of realize that they're all connected it's like oh this makes more sense um and part of that was that the asking my like why why am i behaving this way why do i feel this way why do i um think this way and that that why element has been another big deal so those are kind of um some really quick 
things that you can do, I think, or at least that I have done that has helped kind of realign my life personally as a PA. Um, because what's happened is there's a lot of this stuff, a lot of the conversations that are happening in the PA world are about optimal team practice and modernizing our state laws and name change. And a lot of that is very much up in the air. And there's a lot of change and a lot of conversation, a lot of, um, it's good conversation. It's, you know, where do we focus our efforts? And that like, it's stressful. It could be good stress because if it moves the profession forward or if we're moving the profession forward, that's always a good thing. Um, having candid conversations about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Those are really important conversations. But when your own internal like barometer is when you feel so taxed because, you know, you're taking care of sick, awful, like really awful scenarios. Like I work in pediatric emergency medicine. The abuse cases went up exponentially in um, the nation after COVID hit because parents were more stressed. Kids were no longer going to school and getting fed. Uh, there was just some really awful things that I saw and it was hard. And that on top of my, like the personal stuff with my dad and the, then our professional stuff with, um, our, within our own profession. And then, you know, the AMA put out these statements of scope creep and blah, 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 blah. You know, the big picture is that, um, there's a lot going on in the world. And if you're not, if you're not aware of your own behaviors, um, if you're committing yourself to other people, if you're not asking, why am I acting this way? You're never going to tackle those other things because you're constantly, I personally, I'm constantly dealing with my own stuff. So moving through my own personal challenges has been really helpful in my clarity and my ability to kind of move through the bigger challenges. Um, and that goes from just the like micro element of like my own department who I work with. Um, I've had some challenges, you know, with some of the providers I work with and that has been like a struggle. And then on top of that, you know, the bigger picture within my state, um, our legislation changes that, uh, are my, I'm in Florida. So FAPA had pushed for, uh, I was, you know, very paying attention to what was going on there. And then the national side of it too. So uh, there's, it's, I think that the big picture is that it really points down to like, you have a power of change in yourself, but you have to start with yourself. And so that is those, that's my like take home so far (laughs) and I'm not through it. So I may find in six months that that's not the message anymore. But for me personally, um, having gone through all of the things that we have gone through, uh, especially in the past year plus, um, these are the kind of the things that have worked for me. So I hope that tangential run of 22 minutes wasn't too, too bad. Uh, I hope if you guys are interested in these kinds of posts, uh, and podcasts, let me know. I'm glad to share. Um, but again, they're, they're a bit, they're a bit tangential, so that's okay. All right. Well, I will end here to not take up too much of your day. I hope you guys are well. I hope these ideas were helpful. And, um, so hopefully I will be doing more of these. Um, I hope you enjoyed. And if you can leave me a comment or find me on Instagram or, you know, rate this podcast in sense of, uh, what your thoughts are. Cause like I said, they're pretty much off the cuff. They're not fancy, but I hope they're helpful for you. Thanks.